everybody. It has been a long time, but it is your host, Max Going at the Going Live podcast. And today we are back talking to the one and only MMA analyst, Kyle Siegel. Kyle, it is good to finally be back talking some mixed martial arts, my friend. How you doing? I'm doing great, man. You know, it's one of those weekends where you don't have any UFC fight event but we're so stacked. You got Bellator, you got one championship that we're both covering. And then you even have bare knuckle, you know, boxing coming in too on Saturday. So it's a great weekend. If you're a fight fan, um, it's one of those weekends where, you know, when you don't have UFC, but you still have fights to look forward to, that's how, you know, it's a good weekend. Absolutely. Especially when you're talking about a Bellator card, obviously they've been off since the last time, they were in Arizona at the end of the year in 2021. <clears throat> Obviously, mixed martial arts in general takes a, a, a pretty pretty heavy break during the holidays, and they reboot it at the at the start of the new year. And Bellator is is no different. They're they're starting off their year with a banger of a card, absolute depth, prospects, legends. You got a, a heavyweight title fight. <clears throat> There's a lot to look forward to for Bellator 273. But on top of that, as you just said, we also have one championship as well. We are finally back covering them live uh, on Zoom, I should say. A little bit of a hiatus due to COVID, but we are back. So Kyle will be there tomorrow morning for uh, the interviews after the, the fight. So we will be doing a Bellator and a one preview pod here so let's get started, shall we? We have a, uh, a pretty good way to start the Bellator card, in my opinion. 2-0 Sullivan Colley at light heavyweight against Ben Parrish. And personally, you know, usually we do not talk about the first fight of, the, of most prelims. But for this one, I, I, I like this one because it's my favorite bet of the card. And we, we're going we're gonna to start incorporating a little bit, bit more betting here on the podcast. But Ben Parrish around a plus 170 right now. He trains with Bryce Mitchell. He has real knockout power. And if you've, if, if you've seen the guy, and he doesn't look like a guy who should be knocking out people, but 36 seconds is all it took in his last fight. I'm not sure if there's much to even talk about this, Kyle, but there's, you know, it's a good way to start the card, no doubt. Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you, I wouldn't want to walk down an alley at, at 12 o'clock at night and see Ben Parrish or Sullivan Colley, but... Uh, Absolutely not. It's one of those things where Bellator knows, hey, let's get some bangers on the card. They're kind of opposites where you got Kali in the wrestling favor, but he still likes to throw hands. And then Ben Parrish, where, you know, he's he's looking at one thing. He wants to take somebody's head off. And that's why Bellator is going with him, you know, start off the card in the right way. Yeah, we actually spoke to Ben Parrish before this podcast yesterday at the media day. And he had this to say about his um, him being the underdog. So Ben Parrish, plus 170, one of my favorite bets. He sounds ready. He sounds pissed off. And in my opinion, when you, when you have these small fight camps like he does with Bryce Mitchell, it tends to bring out the best in both people. And, and Bryce Mitchell has, has shown that he, he obviously has the right people in his corner for, for what he's done in the UFC so far. So this is a fight that I, I think is a, is a perfect way to not only start off the card, but start off the year for Bell, for Bellator. And then let's, uh, let's move on to a, a not, 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 not the biggest name in Chris Gonzalez, but for fight fans, uh, they, they know this guy. Six and one comes from Team Alpha Male up in Sacramento, and he's fighting a legend at the Bellator company, 
Uh, talk about talk about this fight a little bit, Kyle. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. He he got a first round KO over uh, KO over Godi Yamaguchi last time, and Godi's fought some of the best Bellator has ever offered in lightweight. And I think every loss he's had, other than Chris, has been with a decision. So Chris isn't no amateur after that fight. And Saad Awad, I mean, you look at somebody's record of 24 to 13, you'd probably be like, oh, he's washed. You know, he's a nobody. But you watch this guy fight every time and you're like, wait, is this guy 24 and 13 or is he 24 and three? That's the way he fights straight up to the point. You know, he's throwing hands and it's it's no secret. This is going to be a stand up war, I think. Um, Right away, we're really going to see, hey, what does Sayad or Saad have really left in the tank versus Chris, who's an upcomer? And Bellator's lightweight division, we all know, is it's probably their lightest in terms of depth in the entire division or entire, you know, in the entire weight rankings, whatever you want to call it. The so, entire company, I definitely agree. And Chris has a chance where, you know, he can he can really knock off a huge veteran, and this is one more step to, you know, hopefully get in the rankings for Chris. And when you talk about a guy like Saad, you know, one four and one no contest in his last six fights, he's 38 years old. This will be his 39th fight. This will be a pretty, uh, pretty, pretty good indicator of, of what he's got left, as you as you just mentioned. But, you know, as you mentioned right before that, he's coming off of a first round KO win. So this guy, obviously, he can throw hands. He's a he's a fan favorite for Bellator fans. And the, another another great lightweight fight in a, in a division, as you said, that, that definitely needs some more some more some more action, just some some something to talk about a little bit. Yeah. And Saad's also fought welterweight in his past and. It's, it's a very good fight, you know, maybe they're not the biggest names, but this is a fight where it puts, you know, these both, I love fights like this, where both fighters on that are on different spectrums, you know, Saad's on his way out or Chris is on his way up and both don't want to, you know, both don't want to take a step down because, you know, it's really with everything going on in the world, you know, you, you can't risk it, you know, Saad cannot risk another loss, especially, you know, I know you uh, told me earlier before the podcast, I believe he's like one, four and one in his last six and fights. You yeah. know, I mean, that's not getting you anywhere and it's definitely not getting you paid. <laughs> Absolutely. And so those uh, those bonuses are definitely something that people are going to want. This fight might might produce a, a fight of the night bonus type of thing. So I'm enjoying I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to the fact that that Bellator is taking the the, the card really serious because obviously you got the UFC that started off very well with, with, with the Calvin fight and obviously the UFC, the pay-per-view that just happened. This is exactly how you compete with the UFC in terms of viewership. And, it, and it's no different. We move on to the next fight, Henry, Henry Corrales against Aiden Lee at featherweight. And this fight is, you know, it's not an up and coming prospect. We're not talking veterans, but we're talking two guys that can scrap. And uh, both coming off wins one, one, you know, one's two and one in the last three and someone's got a gift. What do you like about this fight? I like it because it's both upcomers and then Bellator's division too. They kind of need that, you know, they need a new spark in that division. Corrales is famous, you know, for knocking out Aaron Pico in his kind of prime when he was coming up. And Aiden Lee is someone where if you watch any of his fights, you're like, okay, well, I'll keep watching this guy. I don't care if it's decision. You know, he's very entertaining. Um, in this one, it's it's something else where Bellator, 
they're very strategic, you know, on having this their first card of the year because they're like, let's get some fighters where people want to watch. You know, not let's not get like a wrestling match where, you know, people are going back and forth and it's just a boring decision. No, let's pair people up. And um, I mean, kudos to Scott Coker, you know, knowing this is a match where people maybe not, maybe they don't know the names as big. Maybe they know the, you know, Henry Corrales of the world, but they can at least enjoy a very good, you know, professional MMA bout as we have here. Absolutely. And when you're talking about the fight following that, you know, the veteran MMA fans, the real hardcore fans are going to be tuned in for Benson Henderson and Islam Mamadov, Mamadov, excuse me. So it makes a lot of sense. Even the, the semi-casual fan knows who Benson Henderson is. If they're going to tune in, they're probably going to be catching this fight uh, after that. So before we go any further, I completely did this out of order i completely missed the main event on the prelims which is darian caldwell former bantamweight bellator champion against newcomer enrique Bar- barzola at bantamweight now is there anything else you want to talk about with this corrales fight before we move on no i was happy you mentioned that i was about to say i was like i think my notes might be off <laughs> yeah i uh on I, that I little switcheroo on you there, Kyle. Try to keep it's, you on your toes for the first podcast. Yeah, no, I'm ready. There. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, Darren Codwell, it's crazy that he lost that very controversial split decision, you know, to Leonardo Higo. Didn't agree on it at all. But remember, Codwell, I mean, he's somebody who's dethroned, like, some of the people in Bellator you thought would be champs. And then, you know, meanwhile, Halusa, like, uh, Kyoji Horiguchi, you know, twice – and look like he doesn't even want to be in the ring. And then same thing even with Higo, you know, it looks like, I mean, if you look at this guy's Instagram, you think he'd want to, you know, he'd want to destroy everybody in round one. But, you know, we just don't get that. I mean, if you look at his fight versus Adam Borix, I mean, Adam Borix was the next best thing for Bellator. He was a superstar. He did a flying knee against Aaron Pico. And boom, Codwell dethrones the hype in the, you know, in that tournament. In the first round, first chokes round. him out, says, Hey, you're nobody. And I'm in a higher, I'm in a higher division than you. You know, I'm in your division. I'm I'm 10 pounds lighter usually than you. But to be honest, like we don't know what to expect from Codwell anymore. You know, he trains with some of the superstars in MMA, but at the same time, you know, you can't be losing split decisions against Leonardo Higo. I don't care who you are. You know, that's just not gonna it's not gonna get you where you wanna be, you know, in this MMA. And he's in a very stacked division right now. I mean, I think Codwell will win this, but it's one of those things where I don't want to say a do or die for Codwell, but I think it's really going to be an eye opener in terms of what is his potential from here, not you know here and out. And the 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 big thing here is he obviously he fought a featherweight, lost to AJ McKee, came back down to bantamweight. His opponent missed weight, and then he loses a split decision. So he's probably a little bit frustrated just in terms of the, the result with that one. But now, as you just said, you know, the division is pretty stacked. He moves to the Bantamweight division, and now they are, are, are welcoming a brand new ex-UFC fighter in Enrique Barzola, who is 16-5, and five, coming off a draw at UFC fight night, Lee versus Oliveira, and making his, del- his Bellator debut after five years in the UFC where he went 6-3-1. and one. He's fighting out of AKA up in San Jose. This one's going to be, you know, if, if, if you're going to get a test at the Bantamweight division, uh, this is a pretty good one. What do, you, what do you know about Barzola, and what kind of threat does he bring to Caldwell? Yeah, I mean, right away, I mean, he's, 
He used to be in the UFC. Ronnie Yaha, who he took to a draw. I mean, I thought he won that fight. So he's he's not a nobody, you know. He's he's very grounded, you know, in terms of striking and on the ground. But this is his kind of like Bellator shining moment, you know. He's got a he's got a big name in Darian Caldwell, you know. Not too many people get that in Bellator in terms of you know right away, even if you're from UFC, you know. Um, I mean, we saw what Sergio Pettis has done from the UFC. So we kind of see the trajectory, you know, people at the set. But I hope he brings it because, you know, I think Caldwell knows he's in that do or die situation where he really does have to win this one. And I think Sergio Pettis really did kind of change that game in terms of of Benoit right now. He set the bar so high. He he lost all, you know, he, he was losing every round to Hyoji. Easy. We're like, what is he doing? This is a mistake coming to Bellator. It's kind of like his brother, Anthony. But no, we're, we're all wrong, you know. We've all seen that knockout, you know. It's probably knockout of the year already. And he set that bar so high that this Bantamweight division, there's no room for error. And either Caldwell or Barzola, they have to know this coming in. And that's, you know, that's a great point because when you talk about when you're going, coming from the UFC to Bellator, usually you, know, you see this a lot in the PFL. Guys, are they're not getting warm-up fights, but they're not getting the, the cream of the crop of the division right away. It's not really the case here for Barzola. They really want to test him and see what he's got because obviously, you know, the more star power they got, the better. So I like this fight a lot. It's going to be a really good way to end out the preliminaries uh, before we head to the main card. Anything you want to include before we move on to the Benson Henderson fight? Well, I, all I could say is Caldwell can't sleep on Barzola, you know? Maybe he wasn't a UFC star, but he's got skills, you know? You don't make it to the UFC, you don't make it to Bellator without some serious skills, and you certainly don't face Caldwell in one of your first Bellator matchups, so... Absolutely. Know. but 100%. Like, all I could say is I love the fact that Bellator put this on their prelims. Um, I remember talking to you last week and I was like looking at the Bellator events cards and you can always tell how good of a Bellator event is strictly by going to the prelims. I hate to say it, but you know, you go through their main event, then you go to their prelims. And I mean, let's be honest. Sometimes you go to their prelims, it's two and O fighters, three and O not here. You know, they're starting off with two real veterans. So I love that move by Bellator, get people more involved I know they stream the fights on YouTube for free for everybody. So it's just kind of, you know, it's kind of censored to more of a wider audience. So, you know, hopefully yeah, this a, is a banger fight. Yeah, it's a great idea, and it's definitely the way to go. And if you're looking to get eyeballs, YouTube, free, what else can you ask for? So let's move on to the co-main event of the evening. And this one's a big one. Uh, we talk about the lightweight division a little bit earlier. Uh, this one is 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 as big as it gets in terms of not talking about a top five matchup. You got number six in Benson Henderson. You got number seven in Islam Mamadov. And let's just be real here. Benson's trying to avoid his first ever career four fight losing streak in his 40th fight. His last fight was at Bellator 268. Unanimous decision loss to Brent Primus, who was the second ranked uh, lightweight in the division. And Let's also be honest, even with a three-fight losing streak, a win here puts him back into at least the fringe conversation of the number one contender. What do you think? Because I, 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 as much as I love Benson, I think this is going to be Islam Mamadov all day long. 
What do you like about this fight? How do you see it going? You said fringe. I'll tell you cringe. How about Benson saying he's going to get a title shot with a win over this? You know, yeah. I just, I just don't get it here. You know, I mean, I love Benson. You look at this guy's legs, you're like, God, you know, if I saw you in person, this guy could like, you know, kick he your could head leg off. kick somebody <laughs> seven foot. Seems like he'd break the guy's leg. You know, I mean, he, he's such in good shape. But he, I just, I just haven't seen it in his fights. You know, the Brent Primus fight. Both of those fighters didn't seem they want to be there, but Benson didn't look good. And he's facing someone in Islam who's just going up, you know? I mean, anytime you hear a Dagestan wrestler, striker, that's what Islam is. It's not going to, it's usually not too good. Um, And the way Benson's going right now, I mean, already talking about a title fight if he wins that's the last thing he should be talking about you know he should be talking about where his career is going i hate to say this but even if he wins you know let's be honest the way the bellator's lightweight title kind of has shifted you know patricio's out of it and i mean i I might not have been the biggest fan of patricio but he was a real quality lightweight title contender i mean he could probably go to the ufc and knock out a lot of lightweights there but now he's got his brother there in a questionable victory against, I think it was Peter Queeley. Yeah, you say that again. Very questionable victory. And, I mean, let's be honest. Do we really want to see Benson in a title fight if he doesn't show us anything? No, of course not. Michael Chandler smoked him. And Michael Chandler, we have saw what happened when he's gone to the UFC, you know. He got a rude awakening. And he's facing Islam, who's the dark horse of that division, and 100% the dark horse of that division, I mean, not to cut you off, but 21 and one undefeated in Bellator so far, 100% dark horse. Yeah, I division. mean, the only victory that he hasn't really solidified was against, you know, Louis Radzibov, you know, in the PFL. And we all know what he's done year after year in the PFL. You know, he's such a quality fighter, you know, so. And not only that, Islam, he's not your typical Dagestani wrestler. This guy has a lot of knockouts on his red. I shouldn't say a lot of knockouts, but he does go for the knockout too. You know, a little bit more than most, you know, your typical Dagestani wrestlers. So, you know, I could see this just being a unanimous decision for Islam all day. If I was a betting man and I was going to bet on one fight, I got to say it's Islam, UD, all day long. And I... I love Benson, but it's one of those times where, you know, he's kind of like in the Donald Cerrone. That's what he reminds me of, you know. It's, it's not getting knocked out like Cerrone, but yeah, no, it, it has I'm, time, you know. I'm right there with you. It's unfortunate. Every every dog has, has his day. And, you know, Benson is a legend of the sport. He's literally done everything you can possibly imagine. And, you know, he's <laughs> if he thought you know, if Brett Primus was a tough, tough matchup for him, you know, I, I'm with you. Islam is going to be an absolute nightmare. He's going to have to catch him. He's going to have to catch him early, in my opinion. And I'm also with you in the fact that you have to go, you're going to have to put down a lot. But Islam, Mamadev, um, even the money line is going to be an easy bet, in my opinion. So I'm with you on that one. Co-main event, I honestly, I honestly think that Bellator is making this the co-main because they do want to promote Mamadev just a little bit more as that Dagestanian guy in Bellator, obviously you got, you got the Nurmagomedov. Um, a featherweight. So. A featherweight. Yeah. But you know, that's kind of like the new, you know, the hip, you know, Dagestan wrestler slash striker 
if if he's in your division, you got to watch out. And so I think that's kind of the 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 momentum they're trying to push with this fight right here. I don't think. I mean, obviously the six seven rankings make sense, but let's be honest. Benson's lost you know a few in a row. He he probably shouldn't be top ten, but that's for another conversation. Um, Islam Mamadov by unanimous decision is a, is a good, and what we should opinion. have said is, um, I forgot Usman actually fights at lightweight and Bellator, not featherweight. So let's correct that. And yes, I think it's going to be Usman and Islam. They will reign this Bellator's lightweight division. I'm telling you right now. And from 2023 to God knows when, because Khabib was so strategic in implanting one of his people yeah. <laughs> in every division and making sure they stay there. And if Uslam, if Usman, sorry, Usman doesn't win it, which remember, we're not even thinking about who's the featherweight champ in Bellator right now. Yeah. AJ. Mister, who could probably go to the UFC right now and, and dominate a lot of them. I wouldn't say, yeah, I wouldn't say beat, you know, top five by good margin, but not going to lie. You know, we see things like, um, I'll give an example like Jeremy Stevens today, you know, being fired from the UFC. Not gonna lie, I think if AJ McKee, you know, fought Jeremy Stevens, he knocked him out first round, you know. So it's not like they have some, you know, amateur there. They got a very good piece, and I think Bellator is just building this this fire there. And I don't see anybody beating AJ at featherweight, but now he's got these two contenders. If Islam can walk through Benson, and then you got Usman doing what he's doing at lightweight, you know with just like knees to the face, knocking people out. He's got pure wrestling. I mean, Bellator overnight is going to have one heck of a lightweight division. I agree. And, and he's been talking about this since he won the featherweight belt. He wants to go up. And hey, if he does, we're talking, we're talking the Pitbull brother. We're talking. Yeah. Red I, mean, Primus, it's, uh, Medoff, I mean, Mamadal. I mean, that would be a stacked lightweight division, no doubt. Um. But yeah, let's move on to the main event of the evening. And this is going to be an interesting fight, my friend. I'm really, I'm not really sure where I'm leaning on this one. You got Ryan Bader, heavyweight champion of the world, a Bellator heavyweight champion of the world, I should say. Valentin Moldovsky, the interim Bellator heavyweight champion, finally. We get to see Ryan Bader fight at heavyweight for the first time since 2019. Obviously, the fight with Czech Congo, he didn't defend it. He didn't lose it. He retained it. No contest in the first round. But he's been on a little bit of a slide here. And that's what, you know, one and two in his last three, all at light heavyweight. He lost his belt. He was eliminated from the next light heavyweight Grand Prix. And now he's here defending another belt. Very interesting trajectory here. For Mr. Ryan Bader. Talk to us about this one because Moldovsky, man, this guy, he could take it. I'm not, I'm not, I'm, you know, and he could, he could do it quickly. Of course, but people forget, you know, Moldovsky, he's got four poor decisions his last four. And, you know, he's not, he might be from the Fader camp, but he certainly doesn't fight like Fader. You know, he doesn't try to get it done in round one. And that's why. I would love to see a Bader comeback, and I think Bader does have a chance in this. I don't think it's as sure shot as, like, Corey Anderson was against Bader, you know, where Bader just didn't look like, you know, he, he was the same fighter. He didn't look like he had that confidence. 
think it's going to be different against Madofsky, you know, because, you know, Tim Johnson, Tim Johnson, he wasn't anything special. Let's be honest in UFC, he knocked out some really good people in Bellator, but you know, he lost a pure decision from Madofsky being a lot faster than him on the feet. Um, I mean, Madofsky could easily go, go out there and knock out Bader round one, but I think this is going to be a lot different fight than most people. You know, I think a lot of people are counting out Ryan Bader and they're forgetting what Ryan Bader really did at heavyweight. Yeah, no, I'm with you. And I, 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 I didn't word that correctly. I meant Bader could knock out Moldovsky pretty quickly. I mean, this could be a quick fight. Um, Moldovsky has one knockout on his entire career. So you're looking at a guy in Ryan Bader who no longer has to cut the weight, no longer has to worry about getting to 205 at all, just has to worry about fighting. And so, oh man, <laughs> look, if you're trying to make some money and you, you think that Ryan Bader's got a chance, I mean, he's at, he's at like plus 200 on some books right now. So he's the underdog. He's going into it, coming off a little bit of a skid. And the thing is, he's from Arizona. This is his hometown. He fought or he, he wrestled at ASU. He trains in Arizona. He has something to prove. And I'm with you. I think that this could be a lot closer fight than some, some um, may think. But in my, in my gut, I think I'm going with a Moldovsky win here. Yeah, it's tough to say, you know. Um, you got to basically, you know, we saw one really off day by Ryan Bader. You can look at it, at, you know, I guess mm-hmm. that way as that's what Ryan Bader is right now or it was just an off day, you know, and. It's I tough. think Wadovsky literally has to beat him by UD. And I just don't see Bader getting beat by five rounds. You know, I don't think it's, it's going to be the same fight as Corey Anderson because Corey's so dangerous anywhere you go. I mean, I'll be honest. I think Corey beats any of these guys, even if he is a light heavyweight. I agree with you. But um, I would go Bader in this one. I think Bader's going to get the, uh, you know, the upset, which makes no sense because he is the champion. But. <laughs> Madovsky just doesn't have that Fedor, you know, is a very one-off. He's not like Nemkov from Fedor's team. You know, it's not like Nemkov where he's got that one KO power. He has to beat you by decision because he's very, very safe. Now, of course, Madovsky could do a one-off and just knock him out, but I don't see it here. I, I think Bader is going to either catch him or he win by a decision. You know, he uses wrestling, and I think Ryan Bader knows too, you know, this is kind of his – he can't lose both belts, you know, especially yeah, if everything happened. Yeah, if he loses both belts, it's a tough place to be, especially if you, you're not in the Grand Prix anymore. You kind of kind of have to focus at heavyweight for the time being. So I'm with you. I'm with you. I think this is going to be a, a, a different fight than most think. But I think, hey, I'm with you. If you think Bader's got this, I'm, I'll, I'll roll with you. I'll roll with Bader. I'll throw a bet on Bader at plus 200. Um but yeah, that's it. That's the that's the Bellator card. It's a good one. And anything else you want to add before we move on to this one championship? No, it's a good Bellator card, and you know I'm happy they're coming back with uh, some depth, you know, to get us going. Yeah, no doubt, some depth, some prospects, some veterans, and a heavyweight championship is is a great way great way to start the year. And speaking of starting the year, one championship is back, and they have a lot. To offer, obviously, if you are new to the show, one championship is not only mixed martial arts, but kickboxing, 
uh, Muay Thai. And so you'll have different competitions and sometimes you'll have mixed martial arts and kickboxing on the same card. It, it sounds like that's what we have this Friday. Yeah, it's um, it's one of those cards where <laughs> you look at the fighters, you might not even know how to spell their names. You might not even know how to pronounce, pronounce their names. <laughs> but, you know, we're just going to cover the last three fights because, I mean, it's a stacked card. I already joke with Max. I'm, I'm waking up at 5 a.m. to watch the card. We're going to cover it, you know, hopefully get a, a, every interview, interview with Chachi Sidiyong, you know, the, the CEO there. But it's it's a kickboxing phenom in this card. And if you're a fan of just MMA, striking, boxing, kickboxing, Muay Thai, you're going to like this card. That's all I can say, you know, because you got some of the best in the world. And this is the Grand Prix semifinals. There's nothing like it in the world where there's a kickboxing featherweight Grand Prix semifinals in the world from, a you know, I mean, you, you hear Muay Thai, you hear striking uh, Thailand. No, it's not Thailand. Some of the people featured here are from Georgia. This one guy is from, I believe, Chile. You know, um, I know the other two are from Thailand, but it's just something, you know, you don't want to miss it. You definitely don't want to miss it. And this is uh, featherweights, too. So you're not only talking about the best kickboxers in the world. We're talking about some of the fastest kickboxers in the world. So if you just want to get your mind blown, to be honest with you, if you've never watched kickboxing, please watch this. Uh, the, these guys kick faster than you can ever imagine. It's absolutely unbelievable. So that's it. Any, uh, do you want to break it down a little bit? or? Yeah, so to start it off, you know, we're just going to do the last three fights of the evening, you know, immediately. So this would be the one technical mixed martial arts fight in one. You got Kim J. Wong versus Tang Kai. Um, you know, the underdog Tang Kai, he's like 13 and two, last eight, all wins, knockout artists. And meanwhile, you got Kim J. Wong, who we actually interviewed last time one was going around. Yep. And he knocked out uh, the one legend, Martin Wynn, in the first round. So both of these are just knockout artists. Both of them are, you know, featherweights. So it'll be a good, you know, matchup. It's it's Korea versus China. So, you know, I know they got a little bit of rivalry going on there. But the last two fights we'll break down is the featherweight Grand Prix semifinal. And I know I know I said Ooh, Chile, baby. Chile, but I should have said Belarus. I apologize. Guy's name's Chingiz. Alizos. If I pronounce that incorrectly, my apologies. Hey. Guys, 57, 5, and 1. Muay Thai and kickboxing. 57, 5, and 1. That's uh that's a lot of fights. That's that's not an easy record to get in professional Muay Thai and kickboxing. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> yeah. You know, and he's facing Joe Natawat, who also has a crazy record of 71 and 8 kickboxing. And, you know, Joe's not got an easy task because Joe's actually replacing someone named Marat Gregorian, who's one of the best kickboxing, in the, you know, kickboxers in the world. Um, but these guys are both knockout artists. I mean, if you just combine the amount of fights they have, they have like um, 13 losses combined and like 130, 140 wins. That's like so, a 
It's like looking at a Bill Belichick record in the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. And these guys are just in the semifinals facing each other. So the fact that the backup at one has a 71 and eight record, that should tell you how good the one championship featherweight bracket is. Right and just to not to cut you off, but this is a, a injury replacement or a COVID. Yeah, replacement? it's, it's okay. an injury replacement for Murat Gregorian, who's a very famous featherweight kickboxer. Um, this guy would be there, but just unable to continue. And they, they do the thing where they don't they don't move the card. Correct. It's, yeah, they don't set. move the card. But okay. I mean, the guy's nick, the guy replacing him, his nickname is Smoking Joe. So, you know, you don't get that nickname you know, like unless that. you're doing something. Yeah, <laughs> something that's right. for darn sure. And both these guys, are, I mean, with that record, they have, they have such a high kickboxing pedigree where I told you when I wake up early for these one championship fights, this is these are the type of fights I look forward to. Because when I'm at the UFC gym kicking, things like that at classes, th- there's such a different level. And you're like, I could kick this bag uh, 10,000 times. I will never, ever be able to kick like this guy. You know, and it's just something like you just realize, you know, and um, that's why you love these fights because you see them and the way they, you know, how fast they are, how technical they are. And, you know, if people are up early, you're an early riser, you know, and you're an MMA fan. Or even if you're an East Coaster. Exactly. You know, one championship, you can just download their app and literally get every fight almost for free. They almost always stream them for free. And one thing I love about one is after a fight, you can break down the details immediately. It's not like the UFC where, you know, you got to go through all these laws and, you know, all these legal things. You got to buy the fight. Wait, maybe maybe you got to wait two months to even watch the fight. One, one will show you that immediately. One will even show you the knockout on their Instagram immediately. Yeah, it's the best. Like if you ever want to see what happens on a one fight, go to their Instagram. They'll show you that. They don't care about any publicity or anything. No, they're about the fans. And that's why I think we love them. 100%. And then and that would be one side of the bracket. Other side of the bracket, what we got? Yeah, no, we got one of the, you know, the, probably the number one featherweight kickboxer in the world. Sita Chai Sit Song Pyong versus David Korea. Nice. I'm just going to say nice. You, you, you nailed that pronunciation. Damn, yeah, that was good. Yeah, don't ask me to spell it. But uh, <laughs> Sit Chai, you know, Sit Chai, he just watched this guy fight. He's one of the best in the world. And one thing I love about this is these guys have literally fought twice already. And Sit Chai's won by decision. So Both that's times. what I really like. Both times already won. Um, David's the underdog. And the cool thing about David Korea is not only is he the underdog, but he's from Georgia. And right now, you know, George is just, you know, George is cranking out MMA people right they now. They sure are. You got Jiga Chigadaze. Uh, I think it maybe mispronounced that. But you got Marab Davilashili, which I know yeah. I pronounced correctly. Yeah, that's right. God, and he's a bantamweight killer. But, you know, you got two top 10 bantamweight featherweight in the UFC. And then you got this guy, David Korea, who's in the top 10 and one championship kickboxing. And he's facing this absolute killer in Sitchai. And Sitchai has got like this crazy record of 125 wins, 32 losses. Guy's only born in 91, so he's only like 30 years old. <laughs> and these guys have fought already, which so, you know, there's already some bad blood. And I mean, it's look, it's one of those. When you fight 150 times, you're bound to repeat a few. <laughs> 
<laughs> and then mean, there's this story about Sinichai. This dude was a freshman in high school. So you do the math, like maybe gosh. you're 18 years old, uh, you're a senior. If you're a freshman in high school, even 14. in Thailand, you're what, 14, 15? Yeah, 14 or 15. And he realized he, he couldn't support himself, you know, especially in Thailand. So this guy left high school to become a professional fighter, chase money. And all he talks about is how much more money he's made than his friends with degrees. I hate to say that, not promoting <laughs> anything, but, you know, his story, you know, it's awesome. You know, I mean, this guy left, you know, with he, he took the ultimate risk. You know, he left his education to become one of yeah. the best fighters in the world. And look where he is now. He's one fight away from a kickboxing championship in the world, you know, championship fight in the world. Does he have any championships? I'm sorry to put you on the spot if this is not known, but did, yeah, Sitchai. He... Uh, there's this funny picture of Sitchai. If you just even Google this guy's name, he's got a funny picture where this guy's got like eight different belts wrapped around <laughs> his body at one time. And you're like, how do you put another belt on this guy? Yeah, and um, well, he's about so, to. I mean, yes. yeah, this guy's the favorite of the whole tournament. You know, I've I've watched him. He's one 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 of the one fighters where. Anytime I see him fighting, you know, no um, disrespect to David Carrier, you know, after what we saw happen last time with Giorgio Petrosian, anything can happen. That was a giant upset in kickboxing, but um, it was a that was a crazy upset. Yeah, it's giant upset. So I don't want to say anything. I mean, you know, upsets in the sport are amazing, but Sitchai, I mean, he's the he's the pedigree of the class and. You know, I think he's the favorite of this tournament for a reason. And I hate to say this, but I think he walks through defeat easy. All right. Well, you heard it here first. One championship semifinal of the Grand Prix and uh, and some Bellator. I mean, it unless you're talking about another UFC event to add on to this, it's tough to beat this. This is as good as it gets for a fight fan. Anything else before we go you want to include? No, just, you know, we're very happy. Um with all these fights coming back, you know, it's very, yeah. Bless to start the calling them again, you know, start getting back into the press conferences and absolutely. So we don't have so to excited. rely on other sports, you know, we can get back to the basics. <laughs> yes, sir. I could not agree more. So just to recap, we will be there Friday morning at the press conference for one championship. Uh, I think it's on to glory. I believe it's named and we will also be there Saturday after the Bellator 73 for the post-fight interview. So all that content will be on the Instagram immediately, followed by the new website. Oh, my God. I didn't even announce the new website, yo. New website, goinglivenetwork.com. Shout out to Pat, our IT guy, the third the third head of this, uh, this trio that we got going. Brand new website up right now, goinglivenetwork.com. Go ahead, check us out. Everything will be there in one spot. So we will be still uploading to YouTube, Instagram, all that good stuff, but all the podcasts, it will be in one place. So if you want to just click that favorite button, put it in your, uh, your shortcuts, all the content will be there. So we will see you guys very soon. Kyle, thank you as always for joining me. And um, we will be back for Bellator. Sorry, let me pull this up. Bellator 274. That will be February 17th. So about two weeks from now, maybe three weeks from now, we will be back in the Bellator um, 
circle and we'll be probably doing some more podcasts as well so anything uh before we head out no just you know we got a bunch of one championship fights coming up you know that's all i can say you got the famous demetrius johnson versus legendary fight and don't forget about one championship, Bad Blood, Fernandez versus Lineker. Mm. Um, it's going to be a crazy Ooh. Bantamweight title fight yeah. coming up. You know, That's going to be crazy. On the 11th. And you can damn well bet we'll be covering it. Oh, yes. Especially that title fight. Now, those are, you talk, want to talk about two legends of one championship. Those are two legends of one championship. So um, until next time, my friend, thank you for being here. And we will see you very soon. Thanks for having me. Yes, sir.